Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello? Hello? <clears throat> Podcast Network Asia. Network Asia. So it's not always about doing different things, but doing things differently. I think that's that's the key message that I would want to give to uh, to our friends. Uh, a lot of times we get too distracted by, hey, can I just completely dismantle my business model and build a new one? No, I mean there is a lot of opportunities to do the same things, but do it differently. You know, so be be aware of what's happening to you and try to connect, break down your business model across the whole value chain and see that all the elements that you have in your value chain can i do this differently using the new technologies which are coming in uh, you know being aware that my consumers are behaving in a different fashion right now their preferences have changed their behaviors have changed how can i take advantage of that shift which has happened so significant shift that has happened how can i adjust my business model to that particular shift you know uh, and i think it's not necessarily completely thinking of a new business model Good evening, good afternoon, good morning to wherever you're watching from here in the Philippines and from all over the world. And welcome to my podcast, the RJ Ledesma Podcast. In my podcast, I interview the country's pioneering business personalities and aspiring entrepreneurs to learn more about how they think about their business, what are their success secrets in their business, and how we can reapply them into our own businesses. How have they innovated their businesses during this pandemic, but more importantly, what opportunities do they see emerging in the new normal and in new normal 2.0? Now, is there a business personality or entrepreneur that you would like me to interview here on the podcast? Please do let me know. I would love to learn from them. I'm sure you would love to learn from them as well. Just drop me a message. We are also live right now on Kumu, CBRC TV, Global Pinas TV, and now the Bounce Back Network. If you are enjoying my podcast and you are learning a lot from it, please do me a favor, subscribe, and invite more friends to listen to the RJ Ledesma podcast. And in tonight's podcast, very honored to have my guest who is the president and CEO of AXA Philippines, Mr. Rahul Ora. Rahul has had more than 24 years of experience in various industries. And upon joining AXA Philippines, he has worked as chief agency officer, board of directors member, and Chief Operating Officer up to his current position in 2016, leading the company to transform and innovate services to address the customer's needs. So without further ado, please welcome my very special guest, Rahul Hora. Rahul, welcome to the podcast. Hi, RJ. Thank you very much. And thank you for having me on your podcast. How are you doing? Rahul, very happy. I'm doing very well, and I hope you're doing well here. And there's one thing I want to, to, to say, no? I think to the people listening to the podcast here right now. Rahul, uh, you've been here long enough in the country to be technically uh, your honorary Filipino. You're, you're always Filipino, right? 
Yes, as I always share in my introduction, I have spent what twelve years in the Philippines. So, by all means and with all reasons, I am half Filipino, <laughs> not biologically, <laughs> but by heart, by mind, by spirit, everything truly half Filipino. Well, what's what's the most Filipino thing that you are here right now? What's the most Filipino Filipino thing that you've picked up since your stay over here? I would say the the language is the last, so I can give you that. So leave that out of the picture for today's podcast also. But I think what I just love uh, the and the biggest impact that Philippines has had on me is the culture of the country, is the people and the the kind heartedness, you know, and the warmth of Philippines is something which has left a big mark on me. And and one of the things which I really uh, you know, uh, I have embraced and I have uh, really been impacted uh, by is the spirit of the Filipinos to be always happy. And, uh, you know, mm-hmm. the, the the spirit of positivity and optimism is something which is absolutely uh, phenomenal. And I think it's one of the rare ones uh, across the world. Oh, fantastic. So, you know, oftentimes because we are often beset by natural calamities and tragedies, you see that our positivity, positivity, goes hand-in-hand hand with the sort of resiliency uh, which is part of the Filipino character. Absolutely. And having said that, Rahul, just, just, just one question. Um, I hope you might ask you one more question about being an expat here in the Philippines. Uh, if you look at, you know, in, in general, why do you think that the Philippines is really a great place for opportunity? Because, you know, many Filipinos, they often think, I have to find, and, and no, no fault to them, right? they often find their opportunities outside of the country. But you, you're seeing a lot of opportunities here in the Philippines, also not just from a personal standpoint, from, but from a professional and macroeconomic standpoint. What do you think makes the Philippines really a great place to, to do business in and to invest in? Sure. So I think for me, a few things, you know, I'm not an economist by any standard, uh, RJ, uh, <laughs> but being, uh, you know, a CEO of a company and being in the Philippines for 12 years, I think uh, the Philippines is at the cusp of a lot of opportunities at this point of time. And and I can, uh, you know, uh, tell you why. And I think some of the reasons which uh, make Philippines an extremely you know, a great market to be in and a great place to be in at this point of time is, first of all, uh, I think the, the population, right? I mean, uh, it, it's one of the largest, uh, I think if I'm not mistaken, it's the seventh largest country in the world by population. We are mm-hmm. almost touching 107, 108 million people in the Philippines. Um, so apart from the sheer size, the other great thing which goes in favor of Philippines is the demographic profile of the people. You know, uh, in a lot of other developed countries, uh, they are facing with a lot of challenges of uh, the population demographic. You know. Uh, 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 spread being very skewed towards people who are very senior in age and the number of people who are at the younger side of the population, you know, uh, pyramid uh, being lesser in number, which means that there are less number of, you know, people who are producing for the economy as compared to the people who are consuming from the economy. Uh, Philippines has a, is in a very unique position where it is a large country and there is a very significantly large population of people, which is in the age band of 27 and below, uh, you know, mm-hmm. which is That's which right. makes the country relatively younger. A lot of people, you know, who are willing to contribute uh, to the economy, which will lead the economy to, you know, a, a significant and a consistent growth over a period of time. 
the other aspect to this is that large population good uh, you know spread of the population in terms of age demographics and the third is the increasing affluence of all these people you know these are all people who are now entering into a good age band where they're going to become consumers and the filipinos are becoming richer and richer you know each individual is becoming richer they have more uh, uh money the, the affluence of the economy or oh, sorry of the country of the people is becoming more because the economy is doing well you know the economy uh, i'm going into the pre covid era was growing at a 6% healthy rate year on year there's a lot of uh, you know discussion about how to further accelerate it it's getting uh, uh, you know i would say it, it's getting uh, more widespread the the uh, contributors to economy so there are a lot of these kind of reasons which makes philippines a very very conducive market to be in you know uh, self consumption i can go on and on but <laughs> if i was at that age where i want to be you know doing something for myself either as an entrepreneur or i want to be part of an organization and grow the organization you know i think philippines is is an absolutely great market to be in and and we see that in my own industry of insurance you know i think the number of new players which have entered the market over the last few years is one of the highest that we've ever seen you know uh, which means of course everybody is doing their homework and seeing philippines as a great opportunity to be in at this point in time well, but let's so what for recontextualizing things for us you know oftentimes you know if, if you're if if you live here you know you get, you get very jaded about the whole situation but it's nice to see a different perspective and and seeing uh, a larger perspective of how the philippine economy is primed for growth even with the pandemic now having said that let's take a look at the pandemic right now and i think the mind that we look at it through the lens of the insurance industry now you know what uh, there were two big uh, you know two major events which happened of course the first one was the was odep Uh, well, of course, there was typhoon on there, but before that one, there was uh, the the Taal volcano eruption, which were natural calamities. But of course, uh, these were sort of like uh, smaller in scale compared to uh, the the pandemic, the rise of this pandemic. But these incidents altogether, when you look at them, how has the pandemic, along with natural calamities, really you know reshaped our insurance industry? How has it affected us? And aside from that one. What has been our experience versus the rest of the world? Because when I look at the insurance industry, uh, I'm thinking of it in two ways, uh, Rahul. The first one is, of course, you know, people are saying, "Okay, how do I make, how do I make claims during that during this pandemic?" Because this is the first time they're encountering uh, a pandemic of this of this sheer magnitude since the 1918 flu. At the same time, uh, insurance in terms of doing the business, how do I reach out to my client now in the midst of uh, in the midst of something of uh, this pandemic? So let, let's go back to you. Uh, what is your perspective what's how has it reshaped the insurance industry here in the philippines okay so ajay before i answer that question i'll give you a little bit quick uh, you know crash course on uh, what insurance industry what are the kind of propositions that an insurance in industry brings to the customer in the philippines right mm-hmm. because a lot of time insurance is very negatively connoted to oh i i would need insurance only if i die that's you know right, i think that's right. that that's been the That's been the, the prevailing, uh, notion. prevailing notion, or that's the only proposition which people relate to when they think about insurance. But that's not true, you know. Uh, I think a very significantly large number of insurance products are actually sold on the context uh, or on the proposition of systematic savings, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so let's let's go back to a consumer, a customer. So when a customer lives through the various life stages of one's life, right? Uh, 
there are a few predictable events in a in a in an individual's life and there are then certain unpredictable events in certain uh, you know a certain individual's life so insurance plays a very important role in either either of those two when what do i mean by that the predictable you know uh, the predictable life stages or predictable things which will happen in, in in an individual's life is you know as you progress you know you you grow your families you have kids and then the children grow there there are needs which are more predictable in nature such as educational needs and then you know as you pass through the life stages you will at some point of time have a need of having your own house uh, you know there are other uh, and towards the end of the life you have uh, an individual has the need of retirement so there are a lot of these life stages needs which a person can you know have a have a fair estimate of what is it that i would need at what time of my life and how is it progressing you know and you can you can plan for that uh, and, and then there are these unpredictable side of life where you know unfortunate incidents happen either uh, you know uh, whether it is caused by natural calamities or whether it's you know the pandemic that we faced in the last two years i think nobody expected the you know severity of this pandemic uh, or or simple accidents you know which happen uh, which can definitely throw all your plans out of gear so an insurance industry and the products that we sell actually add value to people's life on on both these two aspects the first aspect on which or the proposition on which insurance products are, are have been sold for many years is savings is systematically putting certain money aside for wealth accumulation you know so i have a certain need in mind which is clear a uh, children's education retirement and i know how many years it, it it is far away from me i would have an estimate on what amount of money would i need for that and i can start systematically saving for that future need you know uh, and then as, as i said the unpredictable parts of an individual's life is also where insurance products come in and offer products which help you protection which offer protection which gives you a certain lump sum of money to be able to deal with that unplanned uh, kind of a uh, you know incident that happens uh, in in an individual's life so uh, uh, the the products and propositions of insurance industry are quite widespread uh, but not a lot of customers know about it uh, and that's what i would say that uh, the the while the savings part has always been there in the minds of the customers and most of the products of insurance were bought because of those reasons in the past the pandemic itself brought about this awareness and this appreciation that you know things can go wrong and the other incidents that you talked about like the volcanic eruption you know the the odette uh, you know uh, 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 typhoon and all that we've seen more and more natural calamities also Uh, posing that particular risk to to our customers now so people are becoming suddenly so much more aware and conscious of this particular you know a uh, challenge that they are are up against and they feel the need to be prepared for these kind of unforeseen circumstances because they are becoming more frequent and they are also becoming more severe in terms of impact on an individual's life and that that is the biggest shift that we are seeing in consumer behavior that they have suddenly become extremely conscious and you know they've warmed up to that whole idea of protection
you know uh, there is one term which you would associate philippines and filipinos with with, with most which which is yolo <laughs> so people have suddenly started started to figure out that hey i can't be yolo always i need to strike the right balance between being yolo and also you know uh, doing some uh, good planning and and and, a, and having a good sound financial plan for myself did you happen to see anecdotally or even in terms of the figures that because of people warming up to the idea that they need insurance now did you see an uptick in the number of people uh, investing in insurance policies during this pandemic absolutely rj we we've seen that and especially i would say health insurance mm-hmm. it's one of the biggest trends that we are observing in 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 the market uh, the last two years of people experiencing covid has made them realize two aspects about health insurance one um, that you know the, the health uncertainty or the health you know uh, uh, the risks which are associated with health uh, are are real uh, and it can happen to anybody anytime and also the associated costs with these medical expense or the risks that uh, you know one faces the expenses you know have be- uh, it's really becoming extremely uh, expensive and if you look at uh, another data point of medical inflation mm-hmm. you will see the medical inflation is also one of the most significant on year on year basis so you know i think for every individual whether it was covid or other lifestyle diseases people are seeing uh either within their own family or within their own social circles that uh you know a, a severe critical illness is becoming a reality with which an individual will have to live with and in order for an individual to live with these risks the cost associated with this is quite high and 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 covid has really brought that level of interest much higher so we get a lot of inquiries as compared to the past on what our products is if you look at uh within our product portfolio the health products is the fastest growing you know uh, product for us uh so all indicators all data are supporting that particular hypothesis that we have that you know health is really becoming and we've done a lot of surveys not only us but a lot of other you know institutions are doing uh, surveys out in the market of consumers and and one thing which is coming out loud and clear is that customers are really becoming conscious and aware of the need of a health protection product for themselves now having said that uh, this is the interesting thing a lot of insurance became very I guess it particularly health insurance became very popular especially because of this pandemic but despite that uh what what you've also seen I guess and we've talked about this offline is that many Filipinos are still uninsured or underinsured uh up to this point I mean there's still a large opportunity I guess you can even say that because of the number of new companies coming to the Philippines to 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 delve into insurance but uh, let's take a step back tell us a bit more what is the what is the profile of filipinos when it comes to uh, you know in, in insurance how, how many is still i guess need insurance what's preventing them from becoming insured in the first place so okay i think the first point that you made which was a very right point is that uh, do we still have the challenge of uh, under insurance or or you know no insurance at all i would say yes and i'm expanding the realm of this answer to uh life protection to to health insurance to gi insurance across all uh, types of insurance we've seen customers 
uh, having uh, you know uh, either are underinsured or completely have uh, no insurance you know as i said one of the uh, most uh, recent areas of interest for consumers as well as insurance companies is health and just to share a data point almost as high as 47 48% of the total medical expense of the country of the consumers put together is actually out of pocket you know which wow. means that there is no form of insurance which plays uh, so all the, and this is including government and private insurance support that you know is being provided to consumers now that is one of the highest even if you compare the philippines with the other southeast asian countries you know uh, it is definitely the highest uh, i'm not even going to the you know developed country where uh, mostly all forms of uh, medical coverages are are, are government uh, funded so uh, so that in itself is a huge opportunity which us as insurance companies are are you know of course as i said we are playing into and we are developing our strategies to help our customers in that in that aspect uh, and the second question that you asked is why is this you know uh, this particular phenomenon mm-hmm. i think there are two reasons of that one is uh, the, the lack of education you know uh, a lot of customers don't really know how these health insurance works you know there is not enough effort uh, from the private sector or from the government sector in educating the customers on the importance of health insurance and you know why is it that the health insurance is needed i think a lot of people have that kind of a confidence even if they are uh, so some part of the society is in that employer employee relationship so they have like an hmo they have uh, you know uh, their employer providing the health insurance for them uh, but there is a big part of the society which is does not belong to that employer employee relationship and hence they have literally no form of insurance except for the government uh, you know uh, support which is there but even if you talk of the employer employee where the hmo industry does operate mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, i don't think a lot of employees understand that the hmo coverages are not enough you know today uh, the medical expense of any critical illness is so significant that the hmo only takes a very small percentage of that coverage yes, you know? yes. uh, so a lot of that money would have to be shelled out of pocket but they get hit by that fact only when something goes wrong you know uh, so it, it's really lack of education and, and and a lot of effort needs to be put in that particular area for us to ensure and of course i mean i would say a podcast like yours rj is is a great opportunity for us to bring that message because we really need a lot of sources of education and information to the to our customers on that aspect the the other aspect is that philippines have observed over the last 12 years is a very high consumer driven you know uh, society i think are, 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 i was talking about our economies are our economies consumer driven so strongly consumer exactly, driven yeah. right so so i think if i have a certain amount of money i would rather spend it to enjoy it and that's where the yolo mentality comes in mm-hmm. or versus a savings mentality right mm-hmm. and i come from another third world country i have uh, you know i've lived for a very long time in india i was born there uh, india is a third world country but the savings mentality is extremely strong in that country really? i think as children wow. when we grow up uh, i think all our parents what they teach us to begin with is how to save 
you know and i was sharing this very recently with one of my friends that you know one of the first few gifts and a behavior that you're introduced to in a middle income group family uh, by your parents is that you are you are you are you are given a money bank as, as a gift when you're still a kid in one of your birthdays and you are given that habit that you need to put a certain amount of money in that money bank on a daily basis and you will come to a point when it's your birthday or when it's a, when it's another special occasion where you will break that money bank get all the money which you've accumulated over a long period of time to buy your gift you know so so that's a very i would say very interesting habit and a behavior that is built into uh, an indian child very early because that that shows us that you need to systematically put aside certain money to then enjoy the benefits or reap the benefits or enjoy that you know a uh, lump sum uh, accumulated money that you have and then you can enjoy uh you know uh, uh, uh that particular accumulated money for some big gift mm-hmm. you know rather than here it's the other way around you you buy the gift you buy the big asset and then you basically get into debts and into emis to continue to pay for it in your subsequent years right whereas it's a reverse in india you save muna then you reach to a point when you've accumulated if not 100% at least a significant part of that money and then you take a little bit more borrowing and then buy that asset i think uh, you know in the philippines i've seen it the other way around so the moment you have some level of uh, regular income you go for that big expense because you feel that your emis uh, you know you can pay uh, those emis through your source of income so that's 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 a big mindset uh, which i've which i've seen it prevails in 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 philippines that's why you know uh, saving money to keep certain money aside you know putting certain money for a future you know a uh, uh, challenge that might come all those things are, are not part of how you know a, a filipino a mindset typically is you know and that's why uh, things like insurance are 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 you know kind of gets a back seat but again having said that i think that's another big change that covid has done right mm-hmm. i mean suddenly people have realized that you know uh, that thinking that nothing wrong can happen with you mm-hmm. is is the wrong thinking because mm-hmm. you know uh, covid hit a very significantly large population of our of our friends and uh, family members in philippines uh, which is which is a bit sad so we learned the lesson the hard way i would say uh, but i hope that this learning and this lesson remains and we see and the behavior change that we've been seeing in the last two years you know gives us enough momentum and enough reason to make that change in a more permanent you know uh, on a more permanent basis in a more uh, you know on a, on a long term basis rather than just uh, just for these two years with inflation hitting a 39 year high you don't need a phd in economics to know that the $100,000 in your bank account right now could turn to $94,000 real soon. So, what can you do? Experts suggest investing in alternative assets that historically hedge against high inflation. In fact, there's one unexpected alternative asset that appreciates by 23% annually on average when inflation is above 3% like right now. which is better than real estate and gold. According to Citi, this asset has almost no correlation to public equities. Surprisingly, 
This alternative asset is contemporary art. Investing in blue chip art to safeguard wealth isn't a new idea. Savvy investors have been doing this for decades. And now you can too with masterworks.io. It's the new tech platform valued at over $1 billion that lets you invest in paintings by Warhol, Picasso, and Bansky. You don't need hundreds of millions to add art to your portfolio anymore, but you can get free access to their offerings by going to masterworks.art slash R-J-L-P-O-D. Again, that's masterworks.art slash R-J-L-P-O-D. See important disclosures at masterworks.io slash CD. And having said that, Rahul, uh, allow me to put on sort of like my entrepreneurial mindset hat over here. There were two opportunities which you sort of identified earlier on is that number one, uh, many Filipinos still remain underinsured or uninsured, like you were saying, the HMO can't handle everything for them, right? And the second one is also uh, the, the financial understanding of, of how, how to handle money, how to, how to make sure that instead of, instead of it being a cost to them or, or spending the money, they can systematically save the money, which is basically what another aspect of what insurance is. Um, have you seen this opportunity? Have you seen them not as pain points, but rather as, I guess, opportunities in the insurance industry? How is AXA Philippines trying to tackle uh, these issues to get more Filipinos to systematically save through insurance or to get them to become, uh, to change their habits when it comes to uh, insurance and, and putting money aside as a savings? So I think first and foremost, as I said, I mean, when I see the opportunity of lack of education, right, lack of awareness, uh, I think we are putting in a lot of effort as an organization on on educating and, and making people aware. You know, I think we believe that if the right amount of awareness and education is is provided, uh, then the you know outcome of, of that behavior of that purchase will will automatically happen. So that's the first part, and of course, um, you know, the if you look at the and the huge uh, change which is enabling our efforts in this particular direction is the way uh, companies can bring their messages now across to the consumers. I think if you go back a few years, the only way an organization would interact with the consumer is by uh, you know, uh, by by mass scale media, you know, it, it, it's always above the line. You put a hoarding up, you put an ad in the new, in the newspaper, you put an ad in the television. Those were not effective ways of educating, you know, because those are just flash in the pan kind of, you know, branding efforts, but these don't, they, they don't leave a lasting impact. They'll probably just at best, you'll be able to retain that. Oh, uh, when when I when I mention AXA, people will know. Oh, yeah, I, I saw AXA on a certain billboard, or AXA has this particular program that they sponsor. But it does not enable us to educate, you know. But if you look at how digital uh, interaction with the consumers has really evolved over these years, it really enables us now to interact with our customers in a very different fashion, you know, to educate, to, to, you know, to, to, uh, and gives us lots of opportunities to bring our message to our consumers in a more impactful uh, fashion. We can segment 
the customers and reach out to those customers in a very significant, you know, in a very targeted fashion. So as compared to, uh, you know, a, a one size fits all advertising or promotion strategy of the past, we can now do so much tailor made education stuff and reach out to the segmented customers in the right way. And again, I would say your podcast is, is a classic example. Uh, these wouldn't even exist a few years back. There is social media, which allows us not to just go in with a, you know, with a 30 second ad, which, you know, which kind of uh, cost us a bomb, but, you know, you, you could do various, uh, you, you could, the, the amount of opportunities available to an insurance company through channels of communication are, are many, you know, uh, so that's one big enabler uh, of our strategy. The other one is, of course, you know, we also need to raise the bar for ourselves, you know, in terms of yes. the kind of products that we offer, the kind of services that we offer, and how do we offer them? You know, we have to ensure that we are pushing ourselves on that on that aspect on a regular basis. So, uh, and that's what we've done over the last few years. I think if you go back in history, 10 years, uh, we probably would have had only a few products on the platform and on the proposition of savings. But now we have savings. We, we have improved on those products. We have uh, included in the last five to six years health products. And we are very proud of the fact that AXA is one of the companies in the Philippines with the largest range of health products. Then if you go on the general insurance side, we are, I think we are the only significantly large company which has life, GI and health, all the products. So, so we are also enhancing the, the wide range of propositions to make ourselves relevant for the customers across various needs. And the way we bring it, you know, we are bringing all these things to the customers in a digital fashion so that it's convenient for the customer. You know, it's convenient for the customer to interact with us. We have our app, Emma, through which they can deal with all their post-purchase, you know, issues with us. Uh, so there are lots of these kind of initiatives which we are doing on our uh, end to make ourselves more relevant for our customers, you know. So I think these are the two very broadly speaking efforts that we've made in taking benefit or, or strategizing how to capture those opportunities that I was talking about. I think you might have drilled down a bit more on how things have changed for you, especially uh, in the innovations that you've had, particularly in dealing with, with the clients, because right now it, it's a different atmosphere. Uh, we went to work from home. You couldn't see the client. It, it really, so it really must have changed initially for many of your Marines who are out there, uh, you know, um, getting people to invest in AXA. What have been the sort of digital innovations that have changed the customer experience right now? Do we get, is it, has it become more challenging, but become more innovative for your, uh, for you to get to your clients and for also as well for the, for the people uh, marketing the insurance or we get people to invest in policies? Yeah, absolutely, RJ. I, you know, I mean, uh, innovation always, you know, uh, is, uh, you know, arises from challenges, you know, which uh, so innovation is always the, uh, you know, is what comes from when, when you're pushed against the wall. And that's exactly the experience that we had. Not to say that we were not focusing on, on digitally enabling our business, but when COVID happened in 2020 in March, we suddenly found ourselves in a situation where all the ways in which we had ever known how to do business were, were taken away from us. So we, you know, it was more a matter of survival. And I must say that at this point of time, with all, uh, you know, I have a lot of respect for the local 
you know, a regulator, you mm-hmm. know, our, our commissioner, IC uh, as a regulator and commissioner Puna and his entire team really geared up to support the insurance industry to uh, enable us to change very quickly yes. to ensure that we, we were still in this, you know, in this completely changed environment, we are able to meet uh, the needs of our customers. So given all those, uh, you know, support from our regulator, we were all able to quickly transform ourselves. We were able to enable our distributors to reach out to the customers in a digital format uh, because we had been working on this for a lot of, for, for, for many uh, years, a lot of a uh, very high significant, uh, number of our distributors already at least had the digital assets, the the, the physical oh, okay. you know assets to be able to uh, talk to the customers. So it's not that now everybody is running helter skelter to uh, buy iPads and all and figure out how to use them. You know, uh, but all that was already done. So we we mm. had the we had the ground layout laid out. We had the fundamentals laid out. Uh, we just had to speed up our you know our uh, uh, digital innovation in that aspect. Uh, so we found it relatively easier as compared to some of our competitors. So we see this these two years and coming out of these two years of COVID, more opportunities than than challenges. Uh, I think the opportunities and the benefits that is coming out of this COVID are are so much more I would say superior versus you know the challenge that we faced in the last two years. Uh, there has been a significant shift in our distributor behavior and our customer behavior in the last two years because of COVID, which I think despite of all our efforts, we wouldn't have made that shift, I think even in five years, if not worse. So all that shift that we could have expected to make in five or even longer years was crashed in just two years. You know? <laughs> so the industry is completely transformed. So it, it's it's a sort of like a silver lining for you, in effect. What, what's happened to you? It actually improved. Whether were there certain products which which emerged as a result, or certain innovations which which you emerged uniquely as a result of this pandemic? Because you go, you were going to accelerate digital transformation anyway, right? But was something was something unique? That what was something unique uh, or that you learned uh, that you were able to reapply in this pandemic that you think is going to be uh, of of lasting or sustainable impact to the organization, whether it be product, whether it be process whether it be a service yeah i think for me uh, first of all i'll just take a step back and share with you at axa and this is not only axa in philippines but axa globally you mm-hmm. know uh, we are all very passionately driven by our noble purpose right and our noble purpose is act for human progress by protecting what matters you know and in these two years what mattered to the customers most was health you know, so for us, it was a no-brainer. We know what drives us from our from our purpose. And if you just reach out to the customer, even if you don't, you don't need to do any service. It was so loud and clear that mm-hmm. at that point of time in these last two years, what is most important was health, health protection for the customers. And that's where we focused, you know. We, we focused uh, in not only just, uh, I, you know, further expanding our health products but we what we focused on was to create a whole health ecosystem for our customers i think the first thing that we did was we reached out to our customers immediately and said 
even if covid is happened we are we are all there for you you know uh, so it's not that you know it's going to be difficult for you to find where we are uh, even as an organization we were up and running in just one week time you know we were able to ensure that all our employees were were operating our contact centers were there even if physically our branches were shut down our head office was shut down we were all uh, it was like work as as usual you know it just took us uh, a total of 7 days from getting everybody operational uh, in in the first 7 days after the uh, clampdown or the big lockdown happened so that was a huge uh, you know uh, element of trust and element of giving that confidence to our distributors and then to our customers that hey axa is there even if you know it's probably a situation which is unforeseen you know axa is ready for these kind of challenges and we are there for our customers then from there on we started ensuring that we are broadening our product offerings on health to our customers and we are also bringing in services to our customers which we felt were becoming extremely relevant for for our customers around health now what are these services one teleconsultation you oh, know wow. we all know that you know you have i mean covid was not the only medical problem yes it was the most most severest one but we are still all reeling with our day to day issues on 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 you know somebody is sick my child is sick somebody is sick in the family because of whatever reasons and we knew how difficult it was to access health system at that point in time and not only from an availability standpoint but also from a scare standpoint you know nobody wanted to go to a hospital because they yes. thought we will catch covid there so teleconsultation was a great service that we brought to our customers at that point in time you know uh, partnering with some of the local experts who provide that service in a very efficient manner and suddenly we saw our customers really appreciating our distributors appreciating that we are able to bring these services because it added a lot of value to them and for some of the customers we were able to offer it for free uh, uh, we also wanted a lot of our prospects who are not even our customers can go on to our platform and use these services which are provided by our partners Uh, we also partnered with another uh, local supplier and ensured that uh, beyond teleconsultation even medical services are, are made available to customers at home you know whether it is a, a simple you know diagnostic test whether it is medicine delivery at home so all those things are kind of you know services which were continuing to be important critical but the but the way in which the customer used to have access to it was completely broken and taken away you know mm-hmm. so so those were the things that we really focused on these were innovative ideas these were new things but definitely again it was it was things which mattered to our customer and it was things which they needed you know so that's what we really uh, spent a lot of time in the last two years doing we started building health as an ecosystem the other thing is that we did a lot of uh, education of our customers on 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 facts like you know uh, a lot of people Uh, yes there was a lot of information available but there was also a lot of information which was not creditable which was going around in social media on what is mm-hmm. covid how to deal mm-hmm. with it what are the various symptoms what are the kind of risks involved so we did a lot of educational seminars and these were all digital seminars so we got experts uh, from the medical connection you know from the medical industry that we know of which have worked with us for very long and we brought them to on our on our uh, you know platforms to share actual information which is creditable which our customers were looking forward to 
you know when vaccinations were getting rolled out a lot of people had questions on vaccinations so again yes. we got you know our medical experts the best doctors in the country to answer some of these questions of our customers and we organized a regular you know uh, sessions uh, digital sessions for our customers where we we brought them close to these medical experts so a lot of these kind of services which we brought to the customer because we really believe that health is not just unilateral right it, it's it's like a whole ecosystem which is important for the customer uh, and we need to be more relevant to our customers across various touch points and various needs rather than just be a you know one point or one claim provider to the customer so that's that's been uh, you know our our focus for the last 2 years and something which we are really very passionate and proud of that we were able to contribute to the success of our you know uh, to ourselves and of our success but at the same time you know be, be of value to our customers talking talking about being relevant to the customer here right now uh, oftentimes when they when they see uh, an insurance company is a touch point they want to make sure that you know you, I and mean, you're seeing this right now all aspects of their life must be insured uh, what is the, how how is axa also approaching that opportunity right now, which you're seeing emerging right now i mean uh to be sort of like a, a one stop shop for them because you're already educating people if you can educate them let's educate them fully on the the broad spectrum of what uh, insurance can do for them yeah so uh, you you're absolutely right so so what we've done is of course we have looked at the most significant risks that our customers uh, have and i think uh, you know we all know that climate is a concern for the entire you know world but if you break down and look into the numbers uh, you will be i was personally surprised when we saw that you know uh, the impact of climate change uh, if you were to rank the countries in terms of vulnerability then philippines is actually number 2 across yes, the whole yes. world so we That's are right. we are at at the highest risk just after japan because you know uh, uh, we we really are exposed to every kind of natural calamity that we could think of whether it's earthquake whether it's you know uh, volcanic eruptions whether it's typhoons so if you look at the frequency but also at the same time the intensity you know it's really scary numbers you know i i think 9 out of the 10 worst typhoons that philippines has has faced has happened only in the last 10 years you know so it, it's the frequency and the intensity is becoming so severe and again we believe that as a as a as a as a customer you need to be aware of all the risks that you are going to be facing uh, in in the near or in the distant future and ensure that you are keeping yourself protected against all you know we don't want our customers to be left vulnerable on on any single aspect and that's what you know i would say our education focus is is all uh, you know uh, we we are focusing uh, on and as i said we are very proud of the fact that as an organization we are the only significantly large company with with all the resources behind us of developing having the right products distributing the right products having the you know the financial capability to provide for the claims that we you know ensure so all aspects if you see we are the only significantly large company in the country today which can really offer a financial one stop shop and ensure that our customers are protected against every possible risk that they they are facing you know in 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 front of themselves in the next few years to come so that's that's really our you know our uh, i would say uh, driver <laughs> and our all all the things that we've been focusing on in 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 the uh, in the last few years and, and having said that rahul we we often tell people that you know 
Yeah, and Albert Einstein once said, you know, in the midst of crisis lies great opportunity. Uh, I don't sound, you know, I don't sound opportunistic rather, but then, you know, uh, when we put on our hats as, as businessmen, as entrepreneurs, we often say, okay, there is crisis, and, uh, but in the midst of that one, there are also emerging business opportunities. There are many entrepreneurs, business owners, people listening to the podcast here right now thinking, okay, what do you see as the emerging opportunities also as a result, you know, from, from your insurance from your insurance perspective, from the perspective of the insurance industry, you're seeing that they're building health ecosystems, you're building one-stop shop financial systems. How can people sort of support, how can entrepreneurs continue to, you know, play in those fields and, and create businesses which can be long-term and sustainable given everything that's happening and all the opportunities which are emerging as a result of these different uh, crises? Sure. Ajay, I mean, I would, again, answer it in two ways. I think one is... Uh, a lo- uh, I mean, as you said, that the, you have a lot of entrepreneurs listening to your podcast. So the, my first message to them would be that it's not always about completely, you know, thinking out of the box. You know, uh, mm-hmm. there is a huge opportunity to gain efficiencies and doing, uh, you know, w- what your core business is doing the same business differently. You know, so it's not always about doing different things, but doing things mm-hmm. differently. I think that's that's the key message that I would want to give to uh, to our friends. Uh, a lot of times we get too distracted by, hey, can I just completely dismantle my business model and build a new one? No. I mean, there is a lot of opportunities to do the same things, but do it differently, you know? So be, be aware of what's happening to you and try to connect, break down your business model across the whole value chain and see that all the elements that you have in your value chain, can I do this differently using the new mm-hmm. technologies which are coming in, uh, you know, being aware that my consumers are behaving in a different fashion right now, their preferences have changed, their behaviors have changed. How can I take advantage of that shift which has happened, so significant shift that has happened? How can I adjust my business model to that particular shift? You know, uh, and I think it's not necessarily completely thinking of a new business model. So that shift in itself will make you more relevant for your customers, will make you probably will bring some efficiency into the system, will help you, you know, uh, I would say uh, reduce your costs or or scale up your model, you know, uh, much multiple folds without making those, uh, you know, uh, investments. And, and that's the name of the game. You know, I would say, again, doing things differently, it's going to be a key for success. You know, the other, of course, is, you know, if you are an entrepreneur, which is looking for absolutely new opportunities, there are many, many in the market and all of them are primarily focused on, I would say, if I was to come from an insurance context, it's all around health, you know, Mm -hmm. and it's a lot of things are around digital, you know, I would say, uh, and of course, I, I would probably sound like a broken record because every every session that they would have uh, heard, they would have, uh, you know, talked about, they would have heard about digital. Uh, but for me, you know, digital is a, is a huge, you know, it's like a ocean. So jumping into it, you know, uh, you have to always be grounded on what, what is it that you're trying to achieve? You know, I think um, a lot of times we lose sight of uh, 
the business model or what is it that you're trying to offer to the customer uh, uh you know draw that first be clear with that and then you know see if you can do that you know in a totally different fashion whether you can do it digitally so so for example you know uh, uh, taking health as an example and taking digital as an example in the past and we all know that you know when when you reach out to doctors you know medical professionals you would you would remember that you know a lot of times we will have to go to our medical practitioners on a multiple times for any any medical situation that or condition that we are facing mm-hmm. and most of these i would not say most but all of these interactions with our medical practitioners were all uh, you know face to face right uh, we had to go and every time we would go we'll have to queue up and you know all those things so they were a bit of inconvenience but that's the only way we would know how to deal with our medical practitioners and and i'm not talking about my grandparents or my parents i'm talking about you know a life that we were in 5 years back but now yeah. uh, you would get this get to interact with the same medical practitioner by probably having one face to face meeting but the others are completely digital you know uh but but you have to understand that if now there is an opportunity for uh, having those uh, you know uh, the same business model the business model hasn't changed your diseases haven't changed but it's the interaction with your medical practitioner which is now uh, you know available in a digital manner you have to have a physical but then the the rest of the follow up sessions could have could be digital because it's anyways a very quick follow up uh, then the opportunity is can i as an entrepreneur build a platform you know <laughs> which is because it's not just a you know it's not just a zoom call because a zoom call does not allow you to save all the discussions that you had it does not allow you to save the medical records you know uh, given uh, you know it doesn't put you into buckets so there are a lot of those things which a zoom call is not conducive for having a medical interaction because it is not made for that particular uh, objective so i think that's where a lot of entrepreneurs have an opportunity to really study some of these business models going uh, changing and then coming up with technologies or coming up with tools which will really enable that particular interaction and hence totally new business opportunities i would say to you know are are opening up for entrepreneurs so so just try to make my point giving you an example of how there are more and more opportunities coming the way of entrepreneurs but you have to really be uh, you know smart enough to to think about those very creative i hope people were taking down notes because for whole if they do they can just go back again say hi can i be part of the health ecosystem of axa philippines <laughs> <laughs> absolutely we would welcome that yeah. and having said that rahul you're the i mean i would say you're the biggest salesman for for axa philippines here right now and for the people who are listening to the podcast if they just happen to be still underinsured or uninsured up to this point and they say my gosh should i still get insured uh amidst this pandemic insurance policies might be you know for them they might think it's it's you know going up over the roof right now uh is it still a good time to get insured absolutely i mean i would say there is there is always a good time to get insured uh, and uh, again i think for the, the beauty about insurance is that uh, all our products you know are uh, can be tailor made they're not they're not we don't make our products with the with the thinking of one size fits all you know all our products are extremely flexible and what we do is when we sit down with the customer and we try to understand the needs uh we have the ability to uh, tailor make the product uh you know depending on the needs of the customer uh 
So it, it, the product name might be this, just the same because you know uh, it, it's not named very different. It's not named differently for each customer. So it's the same name, but I could pick and choose features which are relevant to me. You know, I could choose the tenure for how long I want to uh, be in that product, depending on my personal uh, need rather than you know anybody else. So I would definitely give two uh, you know suggestions. One. Uh, you need insurance. You need to talk to a financial advisor uh, to be able to, you know, uh, get to understand the, and the other uh, idea is uh, the other thing that I want to say is that spend time in it. You know, it, it's not, it's not a, it's not an FMCG product that you're buying. It's not an off the shelf kind of a Coke that a can mm-hmm. of Coke that you're purchasing. It's a very important purchase. So please spend time with our, or with your financial advisors on uh, what exactly the product can do. What is your need? What is it that you're looking for? What is, how do you prioritize your, you know, your needs and then choose the product, which is best suited for you, you know? Uh, so you really have to do a little bit of, uh, uh, I would say detailed discussions, understanding mm-hmm. of the product so that you can really uh, uh, buy the product, which is best suited to an individual because our products is not off the shelf kind of products, you know? So while we are making it flexible, uh, it, it really works best for the customer. If we get the customer also to invest his or her time in understanding and, and tailor making the product, uh, you know, best suited to, to the customer. And I was listening to, listening to your suggestion, Rahul, you kept on saying, you know, when you meet your, when you meet your insurance advisor or when you talk to him, well, many of them are figuring out, are asking themselves right now, how do they actually meet them when we can't go meet some, sometimes you can't meet them face to face. Where can they go? Do they go to the, to your app, which is just, I think is called Emma. Um, how do they, how do they reach out to an uh, insurance advisor now from Apps Philippines? Yeah, our insurance advisors, you can, of course, reach reach out to them through our website or, you know, you can even call us up on our contact center and, and, and we can, uh, you know, uh, link you to a financial advisor. And the other aspect that you talked about is the physical face to face. Not necessary. I think a lot of these exploratory discussions can actually happen uh, digitally. Uh, we are also very conscious of the fact that we wouldn't want to put at risk any one of our customers or even our distributors. Uh, but I would say even just visit our website, you know, uh, just visit our website and there is so much of information that is there. They can, you can do a little bit of preliminary research there by yourself, you know, and then uh, whenever you feel more comfortable because you've done your preliminary research and you really now have some uh, uh, identified questions that you have in your mind where you want more clarity, that is the best time to really reach out to our contact center or to one of our financial advisors, where, is, where there is, again, a lot of information of that in, on our websites and on our, uh, you know, as I said, you can call up our, call us up on our contact center as well. So we'll be more than happy to serve all, all of you and all our customers and all our prospects. And again, we are spread across the country, so it doesn't matter wherever you are there from, you will find an AXA advisor there. And with that, thank you so much for coming on to the program, Rahul Ahora, President and CEO of AXA Philippines. And thanks again for believing in the Filipino and, of course, the great opportunity that lies here in the Philippines. Again, thank you so much for joining me on the RG Ladesa podcast. We will see you in the next podcast. Thanks so much for listening, guys. We'll see you in the next podcast. Thank you.
The views and opinions expressed by the podcast creators, hosts, and guests do not necessarily reflect the official policy and position of Podcast Network Asia, the hosts of the program, or other programs of the network. Any content provided by the people on the podcast are of their own opinion and are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company, individual, or anyone or anything. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 